Hello, welcome to the Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Valheim. Before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we forget to close the window and the big giant truck rolls by in one second. <laughs> <laughs> um... I guess actually I'm on my wireless headset, so you can hear me just fine. And I can say that on this podcast, we talk about games. Um, the biggest kind of sensation game, it feels like, that's happening right now is Valheim, uh, which is an indie survival game that entered early access uh, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, and has kind of taken off over the course of those two or three weeks, mostly, as far as I can tell, by word of mouth, right? It seems like a lot of folks are, um, it seems like a lot of folks are getting in because friends, that's how I, that's how I heard about it, right? Like, I had friends who said, oh, have you tried Valheim? Do you want to, like, we should, we should play Valheim, and that's exactly kind of what we did. Um, how, does that, does that match with your understanding of kind of the... So I, I had heard like internet buzz like um I follow like I think it's like MMO 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 bite uh, news I follow for like MMORPG news and he was talking about it and then friend of the cast Modic was like I heard about this Valheim game and then uh, we did he he was we didn't ever play it together but I, I had heard about it there and then because of the general internet buzz I I saw it and uh like um uh, Castle Super Beast. Uh, which is a podcast I like to listen to, talked about it at one point as well. So, you know, all those kinds of things. You know, it's one of these kind of like internet milieu games. Like, what was another good example of one of, uh, one of those like um, that everybody kind of jumps on for a while? Like Rust, maybe? Um, actually, yeah, Rust, Rust mean, is a pretty... Uh, does that count as... Uh, it's not in the same genre, but like Among Us or Fall Guys? Right, right. But like um, uh, uh, Among Us, I think, is, is a good example as well. Yeah, you're right. It's not the same genre, but it's the same kind of internet media. I think Fall, Fall Guys had like a little bit of like a real push from like real marketing, right? Because like, yeah, so, like, like uh, it, it showed up at like uh, a bunch of different trade shows, whereas Among Us was like like a, a three-year-old game. Uh, so, you know, uh, but yeah, but yes, the internet basically launched into popularity for from nowhere. But um it is a survival game in kind of the Minecraft vein, right? Like maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit more like Rust, um, but it seems to have like grabbed some people and uh, uh, really, like you know, people are saying it's something special. Um, Minecraft is, is in itself a phenomenon, and maybe we, we can explore a little bit about like kind of like the whole survival genre, survival creation genre. But people seem to people who don't like Minecraft seem to be gravitating to Valheim in a way, uh, specifically because I, I think some of the more realistic elements, do you, do you have a, a sense of that? Yeah, I definitely do. And I think that part of it, I it, it sounds like uh, the, like Rust is, is similar. Because like Rust is also very, is like, it's like more realistic. And there was like a Rust Twitch streamer server for a while. Um, I vaguely remember that being a thing. I think Offline TV was doing it, who are like the big Among Us guys. Um, it is not Monday. This is this is Sunday. We're streaming on Sunday. Yeah. Everybody I, say hello to, to our good friend Faylor in the chat. Um, and so I think Valheim did get a push for, for that reason. It also just like has a more robust kind of uh, combat structure and crafting structure compared to Minecraft. I think part of it is that if I'm a kid, right, let's say I was five 
when Minecraft came out, I was playing Minecraft on, you know, whatever, my dad's iPad. I'm now 15, right? And that seems like a pretty natural progression up. Um, in the same way that, right, like, you know, maybe if you're somebody who played EverQuest, you progress up into WoW or something like that, right? Like, you know, uh, or if you played Halo, you progress up into Call of Duty sort of thing. Like, it is sort of the next generation in a, in a well-worn genre. Um, like, honestly, I think maybe a, a piece of this is just, like, the, the complexity of the building mechanics are, you know, like, having to worry about structural stability as you are, like, crafting a house compared to, you know, Minecraft, you can just put whatever you want up. Yeah, right? yeah. There's no, uh, nothing will ever fall and break and crash to the ground or whatever. Like, that might be enough to, to kind of, like, attract people in that, in those ways. Yeah, has have there really not been any other games that have really grabbed on that? Because like it might be the case, right? Like, I can't. I do think, think that there have been. Ark is a good example of this. Right. Okay. Um, I've played a couple of these, but none of them have ever grabbed me in the same way that Valheim grabbed me. Right. Uh, and do you have do you have do you have a good sense of what, of why that is? Like, like do, do, do the other um, ones have had like objectives? Because I know like I know you know part part of the thing here is you jump in and it's like you know you have to go kill these things, work on it. Right, like, and you know, and you have all the time in the world to, to build towards it, but you, you do at least immediately have a goal. Whereas, like, you have sort of kind of goals in Minecraft, right? But like, they're not super explicit. Or at least when I was playing, they they weren't just kind of like you could go find the Ender Dragon. There I is, guess. yeah, there 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 is the clear explicit win state of the Ender Dragon, but I think in general Minecraft is just expressive, right? Really, right. at the end of the day, all Minecraft like the goal of minecraft is expressive there's there's a bit of like i, would, I guess i would call um sort of uh, a progression goal to it in the same way that like um factorio is probably the easiest answer of this where it's just like you do the thing so that you can do the thing better right, right. you are progressing through sort of the the tree that they have laid out and in minecraft that goes right you start with wood then you go to stone then you go to iron then you go to diamond right and you are going further and further and unlocking more and more systems kind of over time right like at the beginning it's just mining and cutting down trees right but eventually you're dealing with experience and you're enchanting your items and you have alchemy you're popping potions you're um you know shearing sheep for wool and all these other sorts of right like all these other sorts of extra systems i do think that that it creates its own goal right you want to see what's next right and that's very much in valheim right that's like oh I beat the first boss. I now have a pickaxe. I'm going to go see what I can mine. I can mine copper and I can mine tin and I can make bronze. Now I'm in the bronze age, right? And we're going to progress through the bronze age tree. And then, oh, well now we're going into swamps and we're progressing iron. And that, like that is its, its own sort of uh, goal making and reward. Is, uh, does the game call them ages like that? So, so just so everybody at home knows, I literally, maybe 40 minutes ago beat the first boss and uh just kind of like dealt with the fallout of uh of, of that and by the fallout i mean just kind of like the direct consequence of that which is apparently things will attack my house so i built a palisade around it and then i uh logged off to to jump on this uh with you so um but so like when, when you like does this like is is that bronze age moniker is that a uh a, it's uh that's just what we've been calling okay. it um because we have friends that are on different, like, level. So, for, for the way that I've been playing Valheim is uh, me and a couple of, like, our WoW guild got together. And just, like, on a Friday night, right? Like, last Friday night. And we just, like, played all night, basically. 
Um, but we have other friends who are playing who had picked up the game before we did, and so like they were further ahead. And when we got pretty solidly into the Bronze Age, they got solidly into the Iron Age. And I don't know how, but we just call them ages at this point. Yeah, that makes right? sense, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, 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 I like the, the, the connotation. Um, is there is there like a lot of like so? There's it, it seems to me that there there's like a level of like uh, complexity constraining, right? Like you can't build as 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 big and, and kind of impressive structures in the lesser regions, which makes sense, right? Like it's kind of like you know in in the same way, kind of like imitating uh, human uh, human progress probably by design, which I think is clever. Um, uh, but like how how quickly do you like like you've talked about like building long ships, right, and and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, like how how like part part of part of the I think maybe may, I think maybe it's part of the appeal is that like things take a lot more effort than they do in Minecraft, right? Like you know like a tree in Minecraft is like a tree's worth of wood, and like you could just like build a box house out of it, right? Like and you know pretty much one to one. Um, whereas, uh, in, in Valheim, it takes a while to like gather enough wood to make a house. That might honestly be a piece of it. And if I, I tweeted the other day, I said, you know, like, I don't know what is different about Valheim, right? Like I've done a million of these survival games. I've played some of these survival games, you know, I've played survival games that other people haven't even seen, um, for, you know, like for my job. Right. And I feel like I have a good understanding of these mechanics and I can, pretty clearly articulate what makes them successful what makes them not successful right what are the things that people will look forward to and like engage in what are the things that people will just kind of ignore and not not worry about and one of the things about valheim is that it might be the most effort game that i have seen because the encumbrance rule is so low right like the amount that you can carry is so low and Maybe it is honestly just that specific rule, because it creates this desire to have um, additional ways, to, additional means to transport things, right? Um, and also this desire to like go out on sort of like expeditions, which feels good, right? This is something that I did a lot. You know, I, I made a whole set of bronze armor. I upgraded all my bronze armor, right? That costs like a hundred bronze bars, which is two hundred copper, you know, and a hundred tin. In another game, those numbers are incredibly easy to come by, right? If I'm if I'm in Minecraft and I walk in with an empty, you know, in in Minecraft I would take four iron picks and I could fill up my whole inventory with stone, with stacks of iron, with stacks of coal, with stacks of redstone, right? Like all of this, um, and so I would like kind of walk away. I would like walk away with this huge full inventory, but like. Just going to a copper node and mining for a couple of minutes, that'll fill up your inventory. And your weapons and your like your pickaxe will degrade. So now you also have to go back to repair you like to repair your pickaxe. And then that creates this sort of desire to be like, okay, well, if I'm really gonna go far afield, maybe I'll make a temporary stopgap house, right, that has a forge that I can you know, repair my pickaxe at. Um, and and I think that basic construction is maybe the secret sauce too? Yeah, and, and Valheim is more successful. And not only that, but like the like the like even creating that stopgap like area right is is non-trivial, right? Like, um, like I remember, like you know, I I 
I was like, how do I repair my my axe? And I, I, I so some one thing on top of this is I have had to Google very little in order to make the game work right. Like I was thinking about this. Like part of the thing with Minecraft is like that like kind of like you know arrange things, build interface, um, like the the three by three grid is kind of clever, but like it's not super compelling to like go and like iterate over things you go and you google what the recipes are and you and you put them out and i think they may have even kind of changed i haven't played minecraft in a while so to they be might... fair yeah there is now a recipe book in game okay but sure it, when when we played you know and for the bulk of it's probably pre-microsoft uh development it did not have that you had to google it basically i've also by the way not googled any of this game um including you know everything that we have found we have found by way of discovery such that i actually made a friend of ours mad because she had been playing for the game for about two weeks like she really got on early and saw us all playing and uh and she was like oh i can like bring you guys some like bronze tools and we we're like no 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 we want to figure this out for ourselves kind of thing right yeah and we more or less you know held true to that including things that like we can't even explain you know, we learning that stuff slowly over time has been has been a big piece of the fun compared to you know looking it up online. Yeah, no, like like I felt very clever when I figured out. You know, it was like I'm, I'm like looking at like the um, the cooking station, right? I'm like, I bet you this has to go over a fire. And I put it over the fire. I'm like, I'm smart. I'm like the smartest person alive, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, I'm like a Viking Einstein, right? So you know, um, but like, um, just to, to kind of wind back, like one of the very few things I have. Uh, Googled is like um, is is how to repair how to repair the starting axe because that's not uh, immediately obvious right because like you look sure. at the workbench and it doesn't give you a lot of context for it. it's like and you know the fact that you have to build a roof over the workbench in order to use kind of some of the the this you know the the functions of it right like it's, it's apparent like it's it's effectively there's like a level zero workbench and a level one workbench with with the roof over it um, and I thought that was like I thought that was like a a, a super kind of clever way to make it so that you, you can't just kind of like, like Minecraft, you know, like maybe if you're being like really, really fancy, you, you bring a workbench with you. Right. But that's like still like a single block gets placed down. Right. And you know, it's, it's spawned a lot of base materials cause it has to be, but like um, the workbench, you know, like everything requires just enough effort that you have to kind of think about what you're doing, which I, which I, I, I find think super it's interesting. should prevent combat building. Uh, we talked about this a little yeah. bit. Um, where, like, if you, you know, having a workbench necessary to build stuff around, right? Like, you can't just build a wall in the middle of the, the forest. So if a troll sees you, you can't go, bop, bop, and, like, make a wall so that it hits the wall instead of hitting you. You know, you actually have right. to have a, uh, a workbench. I also sort of think that the, um, the clunkiness, almost, of the building interface is kind of a feature in that sense. Which is, like... Even if you know, like, maybe there would be, like, a high-end... Imagine, like, a Valheim with high-end Fortnite players. I'm sure these guys could just place a workbench and then do whatever. But, like, because of the stability, like, the need to create stability and, like, the inaccessibility of those menus, doing that kind of thing in combat, it's, like, very prohibitively hard. I'm sure high-level players could do it, but, like, any low-level player like you and I, it would, it would never make sense to do something kind of along those lines. Um, which is, you know, neat. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I, I think that, like, it's, it's also part of the drawn away that, like, you know, if something's easy to do, it's not as impressive, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, right? So, like, having a well-constructed house in Dalheim is inherently going to be more impressive than even a large house in Minecraft because you don't have to, like, worry about, like, you know, that's all kind of, like you know, aesthetic, like, maybe there's some, some impressiveness in, like, the detail that you put into the, into the building in Minecraft, but, like, 
doing it so that it's stable is an impressive feat in Valheim, and, and it, it kind of like plays off of what I call values, I guess, in, in a weird way that way, right? Like if you have if you have a very nice house in Valheim, then you know you've you've put the work in, and that's um, it's actually kind of kind of interesting too, like right, like uh, you know, getting getting value out of like. Out of out of building something in game, right? Like that's like you know ultimately it's a thing that's like not super worth it in like your real life, but it's like a, a thing that gives you that same feeling of accomplishment. I think that's that's interesting, right? It's almost like yeah, and it gives you and it gives you a goal to work towards, right? You know, right. One of the things that I had was um, I kind of set that we we like set down roots at a at a like a little inlet, like a little bay, and uh, and I was like, this is where I'm going to build my first like real building, right? And I put a lot of time and effort into we call it the compound, right? Into the compound, and now it's like done, and I that like that that is a feeling of accomplishment that is entirely emergent, right? Like I, the game didn't ask me to build the compound; I just wanted to kind of set my own base of operations and uh, build my own you know structure. Uh, and it took a while. It took me about two days to actually put the whole thing, you know, like the whole thing together, kind of end over end. Um, but it is much different compared to, you know, I don't know, World of Warcraft, right? League of Legends, where like the the goals are incredibly straightforward and specific, right? Gain, you know, get to gold, and you'll get a skin at the end of season, right? Yeah. Get timed fifteens in every dungeon. And you get a mount at the end of the season, right? Like those are incredibly explicit goals that are that are very you know worth it, right? Like I mean, obviously I've been going insanely hard for Keystone Master, and I and I am absolutely just as motivated to go after Keystone Master in the same way that I went after my house. But one of those was kind of like an internalized ah, oh, god damn it, the, the camera did that thing again. One of those was kind of like an internalized goal, whereas the other one is a is like a goal um, that is set by the game and its designers. Yeah, no, no, uh, uh, absolutely. But, but like, but like, it has to still have to be. It has to be an intentional part of of the setup, right? Like, you know, like the the, the draw of this game was always going to be the um, the 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 building stuff, right? Yeah, man. I don't know what happened to my camera. I'm really sorry, you guys. Okay. Nobody, nobody, get mad at me. It just like just like flipped out. Um. Yeah, that is definitely that is definitely true, and I think people gravitate towards that kind of expressiveness in the same way that yeah, people yeah. gravitate towards Legos, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but huh. now you have tools to be, you know, like that much more. I think part of it is also just the aesthetic of, of Valheim is is specific in a way that it isn't really in in other games like Minecraft or Rust. Like Minecraft kind of creates its own aesthetic, sort of with the voxels, but like the specific Norse theming of it. And, like, your ability to create, like, Norse direction, like, decorations, like, mounting your trophies or, um, you know, adding a, like, a wooden dragon's head to your longhouse, that kind of stuff. I feel like that is really valuable. Vikings are, are so hot right now. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically what it, But But I, I think you're also right in that, like, beyond kind of, like, the explicit theming, right, like, it's got this very kind of, like, low-resolution art style, but, like, very, very pretty effects applied on top of it right like mm -hmm. like like uh you know like right as i was about to end i looked up and i saw like the the freaking uh the, the light the the world tree you just saw like the branches extending out. i was like holy shit i never noticed that like that's really pretty i'm like it's got like yeah, really nice depth of field and very uh, good water effects it, yeah yeah that was exactly what i was gonna say it has amazing lighting effects and amazing water effects that are like 
applied to these super blocksy pixelated textures, right? But, you know, I think I don't hate the textures, and I think that that probably all works in the sort of aesthetic of the world in sort of the same way that, like, the blocky polygons of, like, WoW are dated compared to, you know, like, Final Fantasy fourteen or whatever. But it, like, works. It's, like, internal to that aesthetic, and that's fine. I think it's the same sort of thing with, with Valheim. Um, and that maybe, like... I don't know. Maybe... First of all, the game is only, like, half a gig, which is nuts to me. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what the, that's the secret sauce, right? They have, like, incredibly powerful and interesting, like, lighting engines. But the, the textures that they're doing are obviously insanely basic. Yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that, that is that is super interesting. Um, yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be really interested to see, like, what the tech is behind. I also wonder, like, how much of that is, like, their intended end state. Because this is an early access game, right? Like, yeah. Um, did, did you ever play um, uh, Nidhogg? It's like yep. a, the, the fighting game, or like it's kind of like a fencing mm-hmm. game. It's, the, it's that fencing game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever played Nidhogg 2? Mm-mm. Have, so for, for everyone at home, I'm going to tell you, let me, let me see if I, can, if I can find it real quick and maybe, maybe pull it up on screen. But like the art style between Nidhogg 1 and Nidhogg 2 are so different. Um, uh, that like, like Nidhogg 1 is like this like pixel art. And it's like very stylized, and Nidhogg Two is like super cartoony looking, uh, in a way that like, um, uh, that like really threw me off when I first saw. It. I was like, wait, this this is what it was supposed to look like, almost right? Like, um, let me see if I can if I can pull this up on uh, on the stream real quick. Yeah, I might not be able to, so so bear with me, me, me friendos. That's not what I wanted to do. Uh, this is. Maybe, maybe maybe this is not going to uh, work. Oh, maybe it will. Uh, do but you, you you see what I uh, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I I wonder how much of of this is uh, intended, if, if that makes sense. Like how how much how much the uh, like how much if if they could do whatever they wanted to do, they if if, if it would look like this or not. Um, let me see. Uh, do, do. Uh, sure. I will do this real quick. Yeah. Okay. This is not gonna. This is sorry, guys. This is not playing super nice. But hey, all right. We're gonna do this real quick. We're gonna transition over here. Ah, uh, no. The freaking stream boxes are covering the, the images but yeah um the uh like you i I've, I've got it up on 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 the stream real quick you can see that these these two visual styles are extremely different i wonder if given time if uh if nidha or valheim rather is going to, to to move in that direction at all if that makes sense right if, if like they're gonna make it look different and how much that's gonna screw with uh their ability to uh or you know screw, screw with their popularity if that makes sense like like there were there i remember at the beginning there was talk for minecraft of eventually implementing physics so that you know things fell right like so things didn't you know the the, the floating stuff didn't work anymore obviously that would be like so anathema to, to what what uh what minecraft has grown into that they never pursued that um and i i i can't help but wonder if if uh if this was the plan all along I wonder if they regret it all, like launching it in this way, and it's like, well, maybe we can't increase the textures anymore because everybody's gonna hate us for uh, abandoning the thing that that uh, 
that kind of like defined it that de- de- defines the kind of like look and feel of the game yeah, I, I, I do wonder what that is going to be like. Because my, my general sense in early access was they were going to be adding things like, you know, features, right? That they were going to be doing gameplay stuff. That they were going to add, sure. I don't know, new materials to farm, new biomes, right? New whatever, their server infrastructure. You can have 20 players now. You can do different stuff with those kinds of players. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, it, it always <laughs> feels like... People gravitate to early access because they want to see the, the expansions of those kinds of systems, right? Um, but it is possible that they that they do get kind of more advanced art over time, especially because they've been so successful, right? Like, one of the things, one of the biggest bottlenecks in games is art. And people don't think about this at all, right? The wall, in many scenarios, between a good thing happening, right, that you want to happen... And that thing making it into the game is a lot of the times art because it's just like, oh, it would be cool if this new enemy was in the game, but that requires rigging, that requires animation, that requires a 3D model, texturing, all this other sort of stuff, right? That's like really, really technically complicated and kind of hard to, like hard to do and hard to implement. Um, And so maybe they are are in a position where they kind of compromised on that a little bit for Valheim's early access, but... You know, we'll be playing Valheim in three years, and it'll have very advanced, you know, high quality textures or something kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I have. I. I. I'm. I'm. I'm I wonder. So. So I'm looking at the early access page, and it says they're about seventy percent complete content wise, and uh, uh, or that feature wise is seventy five percent complete, and content wise is about fifty percent complete. So maybe maybe. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm. I'm barking up the wrong tree with the graphics thing. But it's. It's. Uh, it, it. It. Like I said, it's super impressive how like the, the this engine looks. It's. Uh. Like, it, it looks so pretty for for such basic basic shapes and shaders. Um. Mm-hmm. It's really a testament to what you can do with kind of like that level of uh of, of stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um. It's a funny. Funny. Just kind of a funny aside. Um. Uh, in, ter- in terms of like that, that graphics resource development stuff. Did, did you ever play Heroes of New Earth back in the day? Yeah, I played a tiny bit with you actually. Yeah, yeah. Before I, we were like really friends, actually, because I, I played Barry got me to play a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that that was a game everybody played before LOL really took off, or at least I, I know I I I was the LOL person because I wanted to play I wanted to play League, and I think I actually Barry and I swapped. I, it was like it was like play some league with me and I'll play some Han with you. Mm, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, because Han was before Dota too, and it was like like Han was like a straight not a straight copy of Dota, but like much a much more direct copy of Dota. And then Dota two came out, and nobody cared about Han anymore. Um, but yeah. Han was like the more hardcore game, and Law was like the easy game. It had like denying and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the reason I bring it up is because. Um, they put a character in, which is like Storm Panda from, uh, or, or Storm Seer from like the, from the original Dota. It's like the thing that can zoom across the map. Uh, but when they put it in, they didn't have a model for it, so they used the Utah Teapot. Which are you familiar with? What that is? Uh, no. So the Utah Teapot is a, um, it's like a graphics thing. Like some some computer scientist back in like you know the the storied age of probably like, you know, nineteen ninety something, uh, nineteen seventy five apparently. Um, like some dude like went out to a store and like bought a teapot and like modeled it and it's like the standard it's like a, a very curvy 
teapot, and so it's like it's 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 for it's a standard reference object essentially. So gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, it's it's so you know just a funny kind of you know aside you know like like you you see things like this happen occasionally right like um, a lot of games will use. Like I think I think the Blizzard standard one is like it's like a, a checkered box with like an exclamation point in it for like un, mm. unfound texture stuff. Uh, uh, I just thought that was uh, uh, interesting aside, but yeah, um, you've obviously played a lot more Valheim than I have. What what are what do you, you have? What are your your uh, kind of bigger? What what are kind of the bigger things that you think are exciting about it? So some extra exciting pieces of Valheim that I think are neat are the way in which the game is paced. we Because we talked about it being paced very slowly, right? Like, at this point, I have put... Let's just take a look. I put 44 hours into the game. That's, you know, like, that's a pretty reasonable amount. In a game like Assassin's Creed, right, 44 hours got me really far. Um, I think I put a total of 60 hours in that game, and I cleared a couple of zones. I've unlocked a ton of extra systems. I'm very solidly in the kind of, like, mid-game, maybe even the late game of, of um, Assassin's Creed... Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but with Valheim, I do not feel that. I feel like I'm very much in the early game, right? Like, we are just now exiting the Bronze Age. Just last night, we went to the swamp in a big, you know, I'd call it a warband, I guess, to be thematic. In a big warband, we all went to the swamp because we found a dungeon. We killed the second boss, which gets, this is a little bit of a spoiler, I'm sorry, which gets you a key that you can use to unlock the dungeons in the swamp, and the dungeons in the swamp have iron in them, right? Um, we mined a bunch of iron and everybody took away their iron and like did something different with it. I had 12 iron and once I picked up an iron bar and I crafted iron nails, I saw that I could make a long ship for 10 iron effectively. It's like a hundred iron nails. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to build a long ship, right? Like this is the, you know, like this is the next thing that I'm going to do. And then we all piled into the long ship and we went on a big expedition to go find a new sort of undiscovered piece of black forest because I needed tin. You know, like I wanted to get just as much tin as I could possibly, you know, like find. And I think that that is maybe the coolest part of Valheim, right? That it is not trivial to kind of embark on bigger adventures that are like that. Um, and that are more uh, substantial experience, like gameplay experiences. Like it just, it is. It's a lot of fun in the same way that it's kind of fun to like get a group of friends together and run Mythic Plus dungeons, right? It's fun to get a group of friends together and say, okay, we're all gonna hop the portal to go down to where the swamp is. We're gonna build a base just outside so that if we die, we can just walk right, you know, back to our corpses. We're gonna fight our way through all the enemies in the swamp until we get to the dungeon. We're gonna enter the dungeon clear the dungeon, mine it, and then head back, right? That that process is, I guess, uh, I don't know, that, that process is just, like, very compelling. Um, the slowness of the game, I will say, is something that does bother me a little bit on, like, kind of the crafting side of things. Like, so, for instance, the smelter and the charcoal kiln are kind of frustrating for me, um, just because they take forever, and it's hard to build them. So, you know, like... I like that it is hard for me to go mine copper, right? And the way most people mine copper will be 10 
individual ores at a time, they'll go back to the same node three or four times, right? I'll, I'll mine 10 copper, my inventory is full, I go back to my base. Something that I would do, I do more substantial expeditions than that. I typically take a boat out to where I know copper deposits are, or I will take a cart, like I will take my cart out, and then use sort of the cart as a temporary inventory space where I just keep going back to the cart, loading in all of the copper. I did this the other day and I got like 90 copper, right? But then I have to sit there for like an hour and a half just loading it into the smelter because it takes fucking forever to do that not to mention that i have to like farm a ton of trees to make the charcoal to keep the smelter going all of that other kind of um other that all of that other kind of stuff the thing is is that this is all very colored because i've been playing on a multiplayer server i, ha I don't have a single player game i haven't done anything single player it's all been on a shared persistent server um when you were playing it single player did you feel like you were sort of lacking I'm, I'm specifically interested in like the boss like when we first fought ike fear who's the first boss we did it as a big group and we kind of almost had like a comp like i had a shield and and good armor and like people had high ranged so they were shooting it with with bows and arrows or whatever um what was your what was your strategy in uh that, in that sense block roll it was very dark souls ish actually um, you know, not, not quite, but like it has, it has similar kind of like, you know, when you're swinging, you can't, you can't cancel out of it. So like, you know, it's got the kind of com mm. commit style stuff to it. Um, you know, uh, not, not as unforgiving as, as Dark Souls. I, I got it on my first try. I wonder if it scales the HP based cause like, you know, it took me a, a little while to, 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 to knock it down, but it wasn't like unbarreled. It was kind of like bonk, 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 roll, 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 bonk, 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 you know, that, that, that kind of thing. And also... Um, it didn't seem to be damaging me through my shield at all. Um, so as long as I, like, you know, I, I was careful. I, I got hit a couple of times, but, you know, I, I, all right, I, I ran in there with, like, a piece of cooked meat, a raspberry, and a mushroom ticking away, and that was more than enough health to keep me uh, up and running against it for a while. Like, I, I took a handful of hits, and I, I came close to dying a couple of times, but, you know, it was, that was, like, me getting greedy and overextending for hits when, uh, when it was going into uh you know like it's attack animations um which I, like again i so that was the thing that was one of those things that really struck me is, is like the like the the model for for the boss was was super super great looking i thought like i like that that was like yeah. really impressive to me right like theater is super metal yeah 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 um uh but yeah um i didn't find it particularly uh oppressive like how like i i imagine if like i had like how many how many of you took down the boss Five of us, maybe. And how long did it take you? Five minutes. Well, but minutes. did it feel difficult at all? Um, to be honest, not really. Not for me. I was just tanking damage. All the the only thing I was doing, I was never hitting the boss. I was just getting the boss because he does that cone attack. Right. So as long as he was focused on me, Ben and Rachel could be sitting in the back plunking plunking away with arrows. So I just sat there with my shield up the whole time, basically. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like it would, like, it, it should go down really, they might scale a little bit, just because it feels like it should go down super fast if, if you're, if you're doing, or at least if it had as much health as it seemed to have when I was hitting it, right, like, you know, it's got a big animation for that cone attack, right, so I would just, like, one, if I caught it with the shield, it didn't seem to do any damage to me, and two, if I could, like, pretty easily roll around it and, like, get a couple of thwacks in on its backside while it was playing that animation, so, um, yeah, uh, it's it. Uh, uh, it didn't seem super. It, it wasn't super super difficult to me, which um, 
uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's disappointing. It's the first boss. I was, I, you know, total of like three or four hours in the game to, to get past it, which I didn't think was like super, super um, overbearing for what it was, right? Like how, how, how many, is it logarithmic? How many hours did it take you guys to get to the second boss? Do you think? That's interesting. We just did the second boss last night, so probably 35 hours. I would say we killed the boss the very first night, maybe after six hours. That's maybe logarithmic. Part of it, though, is that we like we waited until we were very like ready. We were sitting at a place where we probably could have taken mm. the second boss without too much trouble for a couple of days, but um, we were just kind of waiting for everybody to be like there and online together. Sure, um, sure. You know, the, the server is run by my friend Mard, so we were like, are we going to go fucking kill the elder while mart isn't there i mean Phelanor, uh i actually i pinged him because he was playing wow at the time and i was like hey we're gonna go like go do the elder right like do you want to come with us kind of thing because i like i don't want to leave anybody out if that makes sense um and uh part of it is that we also had i, I we got to sort of piggyback on the work of others right like so fail and Arah and rachel have done way more exploration than kind of the rest of us um like my focus has been very building focused, mining focused. Like, I have the best pickaxes and the best wood cutting of anybody on the server. Um, and uh, but like, I don't do all that much exploring. I have it. My map is much smaller compared to compared to sort of everyone else. So they were the ones that were like, okay, we're gonna like go mount an expedition to go out to where the elder is, right? Because you get the location in the dungeons. We, we went out to where the elder was, and we plopped the portal down there. So I just got... All I had to do to do the elder was take the portal, right? What um, what everybody else had to do, you know, like, it took them a certain number of hours in order to actually kind of journey out that far. Right, right. But, like, this is, like, specialization of labor stuff, right? Like, you know, you, you were, they were exploring while you were, like... You know, making pickaxes, right? Because presumably they wouldn't have been able yep. to make the pickaxes on their own. So that's 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 in, that's like, you know, that's that's interesting. I I wonder if like so that's the thing that I think doesn't actually get captured super well in a lot of games, um, unless like the game like mechanically restricts you, right? Like, wow, yeah. you ha you can like the thing that keeps you from being both a blacksmith and you know a leather worker and an alchemist is the game says you you can only pick two. Right. Explicit code says yeah. that, you know, you, you cannot be a DPS and a tank at the same time. Right, yes. Um, whereas, uh, this is like a kind of, it seems like a kind of, like, you know, you could do everything, but it would take you a while, and that's why it's viable single-player-wise, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the difference between, like, you know, uh, going to the store, going to the buddy store and picking up a pickaxe, or, like, making your own artisanal pickaxe. You know, with, the, with your own self-mind door or whatever. That's, 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 that's Well, so to be clear, everybody else can make pickaxes, right? It's just like, what do you put your time into, right? Like, I put my time into farming 90 copper and bringing it back to my compound and smelting it all. Oh, and sure. And making two pickaxes that are max level, right? Like, um, but, you know, Rachel's pickaxe is, she also has a bronze pickaxe. No, I don't know that it's, like, upgraded as far sure, as Sure, sure. I mean, and, you know, in the real world, everyone can make a hamburger. Some people go to McDonald's. Some people buy a pre-made yeah. patty. Some people buy a ground beef. Some people grind, you know, grind their own beef, right? Some people raise their own cows, right? Like, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, it is, uh, oh, Arahe is saying it is not, I'm not sure exactly what that was in response to, but apparently. It is not as upgraded as mine. I think okay. The, her pickaxe is not as well upgraded as mine is. I think, I think, uh, I think everybody dabbles in everything. Right, right. right. Like, I'll do a little bit of exploring or making farm 
uh, or making like a farm or whatever. But like my farming operation is much smaller than Rachel's at her. She has like an island base. Um, she has a much more advanced farm than I have, and does it better food stuff than I have. In fact, when I do food stuff, I go to her house. I don't have a cauldron at my house, even though I could easily build one. But it's just like, why would I when I get to pop a portal? Um, Specialization but, uh, of labor, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is exactly what that is. That actually is pretty natural, though. Like, obviously, Rachel and I play a lot of these kinds of games together. Um, so, for instance, in Stardew Valley, I am like the fishing person, where I, ba- I basically always am doing fishing. And then in our other game, I have like picked up doing preserves, right? So it's like it is my purview to be going around all the kegs and filling them with hops to make beer or whatever, right? Whereas um, it's her purview to go into the barn and milk the cows for whatever, right? Uh, so that kind of specialization of labor thing is actually a, a neat aspect that isn't honestly that well explored. Yeah. Um, even in like Minecraft. You know, like, there's not as many opportunities. Well, I, like, you can have builders, I guess, and, and miners and everything else, but... That's the thing, though, right? Like, I, I think it is explicitly, like, if it's it's happening in Minecraft, it's just because, like, that's what people kind of want to do, which mm-hmm. maybe sounds a bit off, but, like, you don't have to, like, put any... Because everything's relatively effortless, right? Like, you don't have to put the effort into, into specializing yourself in that way, right? Like... Um, theoretically, like, I could imagine a scenario where, like, if you get enough people on a server in this game where, like, you know, people be further specialized, right? Like, maybe maybe you're just, like, you know, feeding ore into the smelter, whereas somebody else is going out and actually, like, mining it, right? Like, you know, that, that type of thing to keep things working. Yeah, to keep things I mean, that's working. true. Maybe the answer to my frustration at having to sit around and put things in the smelter over and over again is to find somebody to... Who would enjoy that? <laughs> yeah, or you know, or was doing something nearby and could do that right while they were doing yeah. other stuff. I, I I think it's like an interesting set of set of things to uh, a, a potentially interesting set of like motivating game mechanics, right? Because like you know, one of the the versions of this is how uh, Factorio does it, which is like the, the game is all like how to automate all of this, right? Because you could you can yeah. you know smelt things manually yourself, and you know maybe you will to like kind of bootstrap yourself into it, but like the the ideal. Is that like you know you lay down some conveyor belts? It's all doing itself, and like you know, you throw your you know you, you put on your top hat and like smoke a cigar while industry happens around you, right? Like that's like the the kind of core fantasy of that. Whereas, um, the the core fantasy of this game seems to still be in the um, uh, uh, uh the sorry, I'm laughing because Arahe has written to force Rachel to do it in the chat, which <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but uh. Uh, but yeah, the, the core fantasy of this, I think, like, is, is you try and capture that kind of like more agrarian's not the the right word, but like you know, that, like that kind of like hunter gatherer level to like early industrial level kind of yeah. feeling, and not not deal with any of the the kind of automation stuff, right? Because like Minecraft is weird because it's like kind of like not targeting a particular historical or even like a historical fantasy type of deal, right? Like it has the tools that you can automate things if you want to, but it's not particularly goal oriented like factor like you know, Victoria wants you to build conveyor belts and like automate it. Yeah, everything. it is impossible to I, I don't think you could complete Factorio. It would like if I think about the rocket, right? You it would take eons if you were to sit, because the, the core thing in Factorio is that if you craft something by hand, it takes way longer than if you do it in an assembler. So I think if you think of a rocket and you disassemble it into all of its component parts and you multiply all of those parts by the crafting time in your inventory it would take to make them, it would be 
decades. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, even outside of, like, farming the material or managing any of that kind of stuff, like, I think it would literally take decades to actually build a rocket and progress all the way through that system without any automation. Um, whereas with Minecraft, it is much easier because all you got to do is, you know, arrange a click kind of thing. Yeah, and you can automate it if also, you want to, but it's not. Also, systems are insanely simple compared to, you know, like Factorio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the systems in Minecraft have, like, but they have optional complexity, right? Like, the complexity is there, but it's, it's, it's entirely optional, and you, you don't need it to progress, right? Like, um, Yeah, I also think that a lot of that complexity is, like, old cheesy. Like, I've never, like, people do monster spawner cheeses, um, you know, automated chicken. Sure. You Like, you create the chickens, it kills the chickens, it takes the eggs, it puts the eggs in the chest, that kind of stuff. I hate that. I think that's lame. Yeah, and, like, I, I mean... It kind of ruins the fantasy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like if, at that point, why not just, like, turn on creative mode and give yourself the resources, right? Like... Yeah, yep. Um, which is, you know, a legitimate way to enjoy the game if that's what you want to do, but, like... Um, I mean, I, I think that there's, like, I'm going to call it more legitimate, quote-unquote. Like, it doesn't involve, you know, abusing spawner mechanics um, uh, ways to, to to in, in Minecraft. Right? Like, like you know, redstone and stuff and, you know, like, moving stuff around. But, like, maybe mm. it's maybe it's not that kind of, uh, 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 like, the, what's it called? Like, the, 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 the complexity curve, like, complexity curve in Minecraft seems pretty linear, maybe even, like, less than linear. Um, whereas, like, in Factorio, it's definitely, like, exponential, right? Like, like a big part of the thing you're talking about with, like, you know, it takes decades, it's just, like, straight parallelism, right? Like, yeah. you could have two assemblers working at once, whereas you can only have one of you doing anything. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Arai is apparently not a fan of, uh, of, of, of spawn farms either. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, fun story. I... Uh, when we were in college, I don't think you were a part of this, but I hosted a, a Minecraft server on my computer in my apartment. Um, and we, we were just starting it, right? Like, we were kind of, like, dicking around. It was, like, the first time we had, we, we had like, really set it up. And so we, we all built this kind of, like, base. And then I, like, light a tree on fire, and it almost crashes the server. Because, like, you can't <laughs> handle, like, the whole, like, all these trees being on. Like, because, like, it, it spreads throughout, like, the whole, like, forest area. And it's just, like, like the, the game like, the game's just chugging along, which is, you know... Super hilarious yeah. to me, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I think that the the online server aspect is uh, is a big thing in Valheim, and I would recommend that folks like, if you can, try and play with like a group of you know like a group of friends to try and create some of this like parallelism or whatever. No. I I have found that people do you know like. We all started kind of being built out of one base, and all I was doing was I was going and farming wood. I don't know why. I just, like, cathartically really enjoyed chopping down the trees. Um, and I was feeding all of that wood to Mard, who was building the, you know, like, building the base, building the house kind of thing. And everybody was doing something kind of along those lines. But over time, right, like, everybody else kind of wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to make my spot, right? I'm going to claim this area. This area is now my area, right? Um, and, uh, and I feel like that, that, that's, you know, that's natural and that's actually pretty like fun and it does create kind of like a rudimentary economy. Um, I got some certling cores from fail because fail does all this exploring and he'll do dungeons. Um, and so the cores are what you need to make smelters. Um, and so I was just like, Hey, do you have any, you know, do you have any of these? And he was like, yeah, sure. In my house, go, go pick them up. That kind of thing. Right. Like, I think that that is, uh, that is like a lot of fun and that is like, cool. you know, cool. Um, and also just like, boy, going on a, going on a Viking longship with everybody and 
and setting sail is really sweet. Yeah, no, that's that's actually what I was asked part of why I was asking about like kind of the like how like if the if the the time between bosses keeps growing, right? Because like, you know, I feel like you kind of have to, you know, like first of all, I think the game enforces that you have to kill. Like if I were to jump onto your server, I would have to go kill the second boss at some point, right? So, mm -hmm. um, uh, on my own. So like, it feels like you have to like join up in like certain windows, otherwise you're kind of like not in the right space for everybody else on the server that are everybody else has well, so, to Interestingly, if you joined our server, you could just join our server where you're at right now. Right. And like, we could go help you. You know, you could take the portal, you could go kill the elder on our server, you know, and um, and theoretically, you know, like, and I could give you gear or something like that. Right, but that, um, but that we were, as you were talking about, that kind of defeats half the point, right? Like, you know. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Right, like, but you could also just like come onto the server. Anybody could come onto the server and sort of start fresh. I have seen some kind of like server hopping stuff that I, I'm not a, a huge fan of because your inventory is um, persistent. Your inventory is persistent across servers. Um, so there were a couple of people. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna call anybody out. But like, one of the things that you can do, for instance, is you're out in the middle of the boonies, right? Your axe breaks. You can drop out of that game, go into another server where you're at home, repair at a workbench, and then go back, Ooh. right? Which to me feels cheap, right? Like, yeah. Part of the problem of going out on expeditions like that is your stuff isn't that durable, right? You are going to have to repair it. So like, yeah. I agree. Fail. Fail in the chat saying, ooh, that's cheating, right? Like, part of that is, like, make a workbench, put a roof over it, right? Like, put put a little bit of work, put a little bit of effort into kind of, uh, into kind of, like, fixing that. I'm very hyper about the rested buff, actually. So, something that I do a lot is I will make temporary residences so that I can, like, a bare minimum house, right? You know, so that I can give myself a rested buff while I'm out mining, because it increases your stamina regeneration by a lot, or whatever. And that's, like, part of the fun, right? Like, part of the fun is, like, you know, dealing with those problems as they arrive. But I definitely do think that the exponential thing that you've talked about is real. Specifically because I've seen that there is, like, more... Um, one of the things that we had to do to do the swamp effectively was create potions of poison resistance, because there's a lot of poison damage. And, like, if you take poison damage without a poison resistance posted, you are fucked, right? Like, one instance... It is going to tick away at your health 10 HP at a time till you're fucking dead, right? But if you take the poison resistance, well, all of a sudden that's one HP. That's fine. You know, like that's whatever. You eat, to, you eat a berry and it sort of do with. And creating poison resistance potions now kind of adds to the complexity of right. Like first, your adventure just needed you to have an axe, right? Well, now it's an axe, but also a pickaxe, but also a weapon, but also your armor. But also, you know, like, and now you keep adding, but also, but also, but also, right? You want better food. That food, it's it's no longer just, oh, I killed a deer, I cook its meat. It's, I kill the deer, I take the meat from that, I take this other thing, and the third thing, and we put it all in the cauldron. And so now you're farming for three different items at different, you know, complexities in order to create better whatever, right? You're farming carrots at the same time that you're foraging for mushrooms, at the same time that you're, you know, killing bad guys to take their whatever, right? Um... So I definitely do think that that complexity is real. I'm going to be interested, and I will keep us posted in the back half about what this what this process looks like to get to the third and the fourth bosses um, in, like, the game, right? Like, I don't know how many bosses, maybe five or six. It doesn't seem like a ton. Um, but we have just learned the location of the third boss, and it is very far away. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's, um, it's I believe it's five bosses currently and of a planned nine. Uh, okay. Uh so yeah, um, 
that's that's uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, the, the the point being that like because so much of this is about um, about exploration, about discovery, right? Like jumping in ahead of where you are feels like robbing yourself of the fundamental experience of what you want yeah. in this game, right? So like. You know, but it's that I, I think it's actually a smart design choice, right? Like if you keep mm. keep growing these gaps to give somebody a chance to catch up if they want to do that, right? If they want to like, you know, catch up on their own and, and move in and not have like not feel like they've you know lost out too much. Um, yeah, I also don't mind a minor amount of catch up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like um, if I, you know, I'm sitting on a lot of troll hide right now just because I've killed a number of trolls at this point. So one of the things where people who joined the server a little bit late, we just gave them troll hide armor or whatever but it's not like you know they don't get the fun of killing their first troll does that make sense yeah yeah um like they still get to experience like that and and have fun doing that kind of thing so like i do think that there are good ways to do it and like bad ways to do it right if i'm bringing a bunch of iron to a server that hasn't killed the first boss that kind of feels shitty to me but you know Giving giving hand me down armor that's just sitting in a chest somewhere to somebody that seems pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think the big markers like or at least the natural ones are like your boss progress, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't I don't think that that's like too 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 hard to do, right? Like I think I think you know going up to the first boss was uh, was very super super easy for me to do. I don't know how far I'm off from the second boss, but I you know it sounds like I'm quite a ways off, right? Like since I just killed the first. Have one. you have you done a dungeon yet? I don't think I've seen one. Um, okay, yeah, so, because you've only been doing meadows, I'm sure, right? Oh, uh, so biome. I stumbled into the Black Forest right before I killed uh, the first boss. Um, okay, the Black Forest is kind of level two, I guess, in right. a way. Um, and, and, and that's when this stuff opens up. Copper, tin, uh, dungeons, core wood is also another thing. It's a different type of wood that um, is useful for building stuff. It's more, um, it's like log cabin. Uh, comes from pine trees or whatever right like our first buildings were much more rickety because we were just using natural wood but then we unlocked core wood and so like my my compound has a core wood skeleton which makes it more secure and i have a second floor with a whole bunch of you know like all this extra shit um and so like there's that kind of stuff okay and and can you explain to me how how like this kind of invasion mechanic works because I basically saw like things are attacking, and the crow told me things will attack you occasionally. So I, I have no idea how, to, how that. Quite... Yeah, it just procs randomly, and it seems to scale with your boss progress. So when it's actually interesting that you killed Ikthir and then got a Grey Dwarf invasion. The first ones that we were getting all the time were Grey Dwarf invasions. Then for a while we were getting, like I said, the troll. Right, you'd hear like all oh, the ground shakes around you or whatever. That was when the troll showed up at the house and you know, smacked a wall in half, basically. Um, the And that was because we had defeated the first boss and trolls are in the Black Woods and, like, a feature of the second, you know, like, kind of the Bronze Era, right, is, is trolls. Then, most recently, because we defeated the Elder, and then last night we had, like, a foul stench is in the air or whatever. Um, because the third area seems to be swamp. That's where, that's where, like, these iron deposits are and everything. And in the swamp... Um, we, we fight Draugr, who are like zombies, um, kind of like, you know, the Skyrim Draugr, for instance. Um, and so that invasion is a bunch of Draugr and skeletons and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure it scales off of your boss progress. Okay. And, um, uh, how does, how does resting work in, in multiplayer? Does does it at all? Like, can everybody go to bed at Mm -hmm. the same time? 
Or yeah, it's like it's like in Minecraft. If everyone is in bed, it will skip to the next day. Okay, okay. And what like will it like pull you out of bed if you're uh, if you're if if like there's an invasion at night? Like everybody goes. No, I have never actually been invaded at night. Like if it's gonna pass the day, it just passes the day as far as I understand. Huh. Interesting. So my, my only invasion I've dealt with was it was at night and it was raining so I couldn't go to sleep um, because my fire went out and I you can't put the fire inside your house right or else you like suffocate or something I had heard that you can but you that's a building that's a building building challenge I had like I have fires in my house but I have chimneys to funnel the folks smoke out basically. okay huh interesting I don't yeah. like is that like a is that like do you, do you have like a sweet thing that is a chimney or are you are you like building them out of like walls? I, I am building chimneys out of like wood panels. So my, my compound is a big U, right? And the U doors are an entrance, and then there's an outdoor, which is where my forge, my workshop, my cart, all that stuff is, right? Um, in the in the back piece, I have a fire on each end, and then two fires in the middle with cooking things on them, right? And then I have wood paneling around those that funnels into the roof and then in the roof i just have like a small raised portion like most of the roof is just normal but then there's like a little hole basically um so this the smoke can get out right and so like that was all you know that was all designed as part of the thing actually the thing with the fires was specifically so that i could get a good rusted buff um because like i said i'm pretty hyper about it and so i ended up i initially only wanted to have fires on the corners like the back corners of the compound but i realized i also had to have it one in the middle as well in order to make the whole thing a rested area interesting also and this might be one of my i we, we didn't talk about this but this is another one of my favorite things the quality of your rest scales with your comfort which includes stuff like you know, like benches and like rugs and shit and like banners or whatever. So like, there's actually a pretty good mechanical reason to like decorate your house. Not that I have decorated the compound at all. Um, but if I want a better quality rested buff that lasts for 15 minutes instead of like 10, I have a good reason to like put the time into decorating it. That is very cool. You know, I, I did notice I, I like, I threw a deerskin rug down in my like little hovel, which I built in like the scout, like I found like a, a half built, thing and i was like i will finish this this will be my first house and so i did that i threw a rug down i was like oh boy the buff lasts for 12 minutes instead of 10 i'm special you know it, it, it's yeah yeah that is exactly what that's like yeah um i think it's actually fairly well telegraphed too like they call it comfort level and it's like a number and it makes sense and like you can see it go up so i, I think that's actually a, yeah. a well telegraphed mechanic i think it's really well done um but i agree but yeah, we're uh, we're closing in towards the end of, of this hour. You have, do you have other stuff you want to talk about about this game? Because uh, I'm I'm kind of out of what I what I've done with the game. No, I am good. I it, it comes very highly recommended. I still don't know why it has gripped me in quite this way though. I think we've talked a lot about a lot about stuff, so maybe there's some insight in, in there. Um, but you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, give it a shot. All right. Well, with that, uh, how was uh, your week? Uh, my week was pretty, was my week was pretty good. I watched some, I watched some stuff. We also played a lot of, you know, like, I played a lot of WoW. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that I played, like, I think maybe this might be one of the weeks I played the most amount of World of Warcraft, which is weird. Just in terms of, like, raw mythics done. Because, uh, I did four right off the bat, basically. Um, four 14s. 
and then which is which is great because it's like the highest level for the chest reward which is what i'm looking for and then i did a couple of like 10s and 11s to sort of like help people out and i know 12 i think was also in there and then i was like ooh, i have all these gross 10s and 11s in my chest i need to push them off so i ran a bunch of a, a bunch more 12s and 13s just to uh you know just to push off the bad keys so that my chest is nice and pretty on on tuesday yeah. Uh, one of the, one of these days, I'll get a fucking weapon out of there. Yeah. No. I I I know exactly what you mean. My my chest has since I don't I don't do anything really besides um, uh, besides raid at this point. Like I'll drop it and do uh, occasional things, but I just don't have like mm-hmm. I, I want to do other things with my time, unfortunately. Um. So uh. But like the past like three weeks, I I've been pulling Stygia out of my vault, which is like so so painful. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, okay. I, there's not even raid stuff that's upgrades for you. Uh, so I just have gotten unlucky, um, like stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and like, like I think two weeks ago I got like the pants I already had, but with speed on it and included. So I was like, I guess that's an upgrade, and I took that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a weakness of the vault, in a way, um, because with Mythic Plus, I am. Um, basically guaranteed right like i basically don't get at the level that i'm at right now i don't get upgrades out of the the dungeons themselves all of my upgrades come out of the vault right but from raid because everything is because the dungeons themselves have a depressed item level because they're infinitely spammable you can't have you can't have super high item level stuff in mythic plus or else people just run mythic plus to gear that's it right um but the vault has an inflated item level, so that you know running Mythic Plus gets you something like a real solid reward every every single week, right? So I'm pulling these like 226 pieces of gear out for these 14s, for instance. Uh, but in raid, everything's flat, right? You get 13 gear out of the raid, you get 13 213 gear out of the out of the vault, which sort of means that I think it's much more it's much more likely that if you're like a raid only player, that your vault is just stingy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like I, you know, I haven't. I'm. I don't feel too bad because I haven't been putting the uh, like a, a ton of effort in. Um, so, so this is this is the thing that I think maybe I don't like about the the kind of like static loot changes is that, um, it, it's it's not the end of the world. But like, there go like there is going to be a time when I'm not going to have a, like all of the gear that I could use. But I'm not gonna like you know the gear that I have is going to be the best I can get out of raid. So if I want to upgrade something, I'll have to go do something else. I don't think that's the end of the world, but like if you wanted to just be a raider, it feels like you can't be, if you want to be like the, you know, a, like you want to be, I don't know, like a, a, a high tier player, if that makes sense. Right. And maybe I'm not super interested in doing that, but like, it's, it's, uh, that seems like a weakness to me. What do you think? Uh, I guess I get that in the sense of like, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't have a lot of upgrades out of Raid either, now that I think about it. I, for, for bosses we've downed, I guess. Um, which part of this is that, like, over time, I'm going to get more 226 gear. At, the, at this point, I am a high-end Mythic player more than I am a high-end Raid player. Um, so most of my gear is going to be coming from Mythics what? and also geared towards Mythics. Um, and so the my i will kind of outscale and not and not be finding upgrades in the raid anymore so so, uh, so, so so what i mean by this is like you know um 
there's a great ring that I actually have the 213 ring from the the broker fight, um, which I can't remember the the archivist maybe um, archive the, the Art- artificer yeah artificer right like mm-hmm. that ring has like good stats for for me right and I have one of those and I you know it's unique equipped so whatever but like you know um, or maybe this is a bad example but like I have I think I've got like a set of a pair of pants that aren't quite stat on. But I don't know if there's a Oh, pair of... I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is actually a problem that I have had. And um, because, like, I there aren't good rings for me in Nathria. Right. Um, most of the rings are, like, I'm looking for crit haste. And with he- heavy crit, you know, you say crit over haste, right? More crit than haste. Um, and there isn't one of those in Nathria. Just because there's so much less loot compared to the vast variety of dungeons so it is better for me to get a ring out of mythics like my best in slot includes a mythic ring because there is a crit over haste ring that drops in a dungeon that i could theoretically get out of the vault at 226 right and that would be like a best in slot ring for me um but i have to say that it is actually frustrating because weapons don't drop like in that same way uh something that was true in battle for azeroth was there was a wide variety of weapons and if you actually wanted like the best like weapon that you could get with your stats or whatever there was one weapon called Gediku that had a proc that was better than any stats or whatever but like discounting that i i would have to i could get that out of a mythic and so you had much better ability to target your gear and the kinds of stat waste you had on it you also had stuff like you know, one of the reasons that I was farming horrific visions in Battle for Azeroth was because that gear had, was randomized. So I had the ability to proc crit haste bracers, even if there are no other crit brace crit haste bracers in the game. There is no more. There isn't an ability to do that anymore, um, which does actually really suck, and I think kind of holds the holds the system back. I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that they didn't. Um, you know, that they don't have more complex or complete. Uh, item tables between PvP mythics and raiding, just because like, you know, they're they're all kind of close. And the thing that I fear actually, um, one of the things about Mythic Plus is that the dungeons only have two kinds of strength weapons. They have crit over mastery and haste over verse, right? So there is no ability for me to get a crit over haste weapon in in any of these dungeons even though there are four different weapons i can pick up two of them have the same like there are two sets that each have the same stat array with like minor differences there's a little more haste in one a little more verse in the other kind of thing um and in even in the even in the raid there's only two weapons in the raid one of them is verse over haste the other one is mastery over crit which are both bad or worse for me not not bad obviously um but i think that that's just kind of like you gotta you gotta eat what what's in front of you in a way Um, i agonized yeah like i agonized about this decision in the vault a couple of days ago because i had a socketed 200 helm that was crit haste and i was like i love this helm but it is my lowest item level piece and in my chest i got a 223 verse over mastery helm which is literally garbage like bottom of the barrel stats but it's just like at a 23 item level upgrade obviously that thing is going to be an upgrade and you're like i i should take it but i don't want to you know like, yeah, i don't yeah. want to take it right um but you know those are the i guess i would say those are sort of like the compromises that you make in these sorts of games because like i kind of empathize with the designers who have to implement these systems because they are trying to make a game that is going to be compelling for months on end right like we are entering month four of shadowlands 
and if I am gear complete here, I have no reason to fucking play the game. So having having good reasons for me to be logging in, completing my mythics, doing doing this and that, um, it does motivate me to play uh, in a way that I wouldn't necessarily be motivated to play under like different kind of loot circumstances. Yeah, but the flip side of that coin is that like if you've if there's nothing for you to get, right? Like if the thing you want to get you can't get, like you know if, if there isn't the right item for you to get, then that also stops you from playing, right? Like at least with yeah. you know at least with like you know the 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 hated titan forging there was a reason to do everything because you might you know like roll you know roll lucky or whatever um i i sort of think that the way to to, the way to handle this to be honest might just be to randomize stats a little bit more like if something drops in a raid but it might have crit haste it might have haste burst it might have whatever um i think that would be fair and we've also talked about this i kind of wish that the vault had an ability to lock in certain stats right um because like the pvp vault all always has verse which means that if you are a pve player and verse is your best stat the best thing that you can do to get gear is to do high-end pvp um but i don't know there's also a certain question about like how do vendors play it like you know we, we obviously had a whole podcast about this but like the prevalence of vendor gear in pvp is sort of like an interesting kind of conundrum um that like makes it the best way to get gear because it's so targeted compared to the other things where you're relying on random drops. I mean, like, oh, have we talked about the Valor changes yet? Uh, I don't know. What, 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 what? Do you know that they, they, so they announced changes. Pat, there's, a, there's a patch on the PTR, 9.0.5, that includes Valor points, which is sort of what we talked about the other day. It's kind of half and half of what we talked about the other day. Wow, do you fucking hear that outside? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yeah, what's going on. I, I hear a little bit. Oh, is it like a yeah. siren? It is, uh, I think it's just a guy in a truck, because there's a guy in a truck called Sheriff Drummond, who has a drum set oh, and a he, microphone in a pickup truck. He, Have he, I talked about him before? Well, he appeared on the podcast once. Uh, oh, he, you're right. He did. I think this is Sheriff Drummond. Okay. Who okay. we're listening to. <laughs> okay, because I can't hear it super clear, but when, when he showed up last time like you know however i think it was at least a year ago at this point it was clear enough that i could boost it and so you know it was it was present <laughs> in the middle of the, in, in, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be better on like the recording than yeah, yeah maybe but anyway um so they there's patch 9.0.5 they've announced valor changes and what they're doing is they're adding a currency that comes out of both callings and mythic plus dungeons right and what that currency represents is um and it's like capped you can only get a certain amount of it per week which I hate, um, and uh, and you can use it to upgrade items, right? So the way it works is if I run a dungeon, I get a ring. That ring might be item level. Like I said, right now I'm pulling item level two hundred three, two hundred seven gear, right? Pretty beneath me. I don't. I'm not gonna get many upgrades out of this. Um, but let's say I pick a, a, a ring with great stats, but it's at two hundred three. It's like okay, well obviously my two twenty three ring is better, but I can maybe upgrade this ring into something that's good, right? And so the game tracks when you have done uh, what's called Keystone Explorer, which is all of the all of the dungeons at rank five timed, Keystone Conqueror, which is all of the dungeons at ten timed, and then Keystone Master, which we talked about, all of the dungeons at fifteen timed, and they unlock um, uh, levels that you can upgrade the item to. So if you have completed, like I'm at Keystone Conqueror, I can make two thirteen gear. So if I get that two hundred three ring, I can then upgrade it twice. And it's now a pretty competitive piece of gear for me. It's not best in slot. Something that's going to come out of my vault is going to be better. 
generally speaking. But if I have a hole in my gear, I can fill that by running a certain amount of Mythic Plus and like putting the you know like putting the currency to work. I think this is almost um, exactly what we described. Which uh, you know we're uh, we're very smart. Then I'm going to give us. I'm going to say that they listen to our. To, yeah. We, they listen to they us. Listen our, to our cast. Obviously, obviously. Listen, I I'm not, I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty sure a couple of the web devs follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> not that I think any of them ever pay attention to me or this cast. <laughs> um, the uh, that is pretty close to, to what we described. I don't love the weekly cap. Uh, because, like I said before, I, th- I feel like the weekly... What I what I liked was the Echoes of Nylotha system where it was not weekly capped, but just, like, you got big chunks of it for doing certain kinds of activities, and then it was very diminishing returns. So if I was running 25 Mythics in a week, I was getting a return from every single one of those Mythics, but, like, I wasn't, you know... Um, I, I, I wasn't, like, trying to fill my cap at all, right? Um, whereas this is going to kind of make me want to do... I don't know, it's just gonna, gonna make me want to fill the cap. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out in in kind of in actuality. But I do think that it is gonna be a good way to t- kind of like target upgrades in those sorts of you know like in those sorts of lines. Players are gonna be like, well, now I need to get like higher level mythics completed, and you know, and that's gonna allow me to boost this thing up to an item level that it will become you know, uh, it'll become a more core piece of my. A core piece of my set even you know like i'm pretty well geared at this moment i think i'm the highest level person that's geared in the raid um but even i have a couple of holes in my gear that i would love to be able to fill with this kind of a system very cool very cool um yeah um is there anything you can do with uh with the legendary uh crafting map besides craft legendaries no okay just craft legendaries huh interesting what do you mean uh the thing like you, the stuff, the thing you get from running um, Torghast. Oh, so yeah, Solash, yeah, 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 just just legendary. Okay. Are you still running Torghast, or are you have you are you done? Well, with I mean, that? I've been I've been running it because I can't like it, Torghast is. We've discussed this before, but it's a little bit underwhelming for me personally. Like maybe I should do like the endless halls because that's like at least a challenge. Like with with the um with the ring, the touch of death ring doing a touch of death build in Torghast is like near trivial. Um, Cause like in order to get like instant touch of death, you need like uh, either two, t- so touch of death, like monks get a touch of death anima power, which would like, you know, reduce it by 36 seconds. And normally that's like six of them to get it to zero cooldown. Um, in a, in, with, with the touch of death ring, it's two. You just need two. Yeah, yeah. Or one. And there's also another, uh, there is another, uh, power that's reduced the cooldowns of everything by thirty seconds to a minimum of thirty seconds, but that'll stack perfectly with the um, with the uh, with the specific touch of death cooldown. So like you know, one of those in the touch of death, and I just and you know I've got instant touch of death, and there's so many like kind of like and you know at that, at that point just stack health, um, and get your health up. Do you so feel do you feel the water finds a crack way to, like is that the way that you want to play it or um do you do you mix it up just for fun. So uh, it it depends. Um, I so I don't find any of the other like kind of builds I could go for like super compelling. So I end up usually okay. just doing the touch a touch of death build. Um, uh, you know, it's the the thing that the thing that's always like like it's I find it uh, uh, what's it called enjoyable for at least a, a little bit of it. But like it always like the the thing that is dangerous about it is that it's very possible to get to the final fight and like not have enough 
enough resources to be able to like knock down the boss enough to get the touch of death off. It's not because it, sure. uh, you know it, it, in 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 theory it's it works for everything, but in practice it's a little bit more of like a clear trash build than it is a, a end boss build. Like you said, mostly you're building towards towards the end boss, which is actually yeah the um the 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 having to only take two to get like infinite touch of death means that I've got the room in the build to kind of build other things out. Um, yeah, that's pretty common for me. There's a, there's an execute one where like you cast execute a certain number of times it increases the execute damage, um, and it is. At first, I was like, "This is just broken. This power is super fucking broken and gross." And all I need to do is take this power. The entire run is over, basically. But what I've actually found in practice is that that is a good power for the final boss because it's a single target. But like. In a big group, it actually takes a while to, like, execute each individual target down, right? Um, and so it sort of demands me to then take trash-clearing powers. I used to think that it was, like, one and done, right? Like, all I need to do is take Voracious Culling Blade. My run is fucking over. Easy, right? Um, but now I've sort of realized that, uh, that I need to pair that with AoE powers of some variety because I'm just going to have to be whirlwinding a lot to clear, like, lots of these little guys. Um, and also just like, you know, you like, I don't want to spend 80 years. I think technically speaking, if I want to pull one guy at a time, I can turn, you know, make that work with Voracious Culling Blade. But at this point, I kind of outgear Torghast so much that like, I pull, pull rooms pretty liberally. Um, though I do have a couple of, I do have like a couple of builds. I sort of have a, uh, like if I want to do a cooldown build that extends the duration of my cooldowns by a lot, that's a pretty easy build to go into. There's one that's Mortal Strike. My favorite build is called the Chop Chop build because it makes your Mortal Strike cast Whirlwind. So that actually out DPSs the the execute um, the execute power in like the Twisting Corridor, but it takes a ton of it. Like it takes you need to get like ten powers rather than just one. Yeah, yeah. Set it up sort of thing. Um, so, like, there's a couple of different options. And then also on my Warlock, who I have done Torghast with, like, he has a couple of different builds where I can either go, like, big tyrants, where I'm, like, constantly spawning demonic tyrants uh, to keep all of my, like, demons up or whatever. I can go, uh, like, mega imps, which is just, like, farming tons and tons of imps or whatever. But I do feel that, like, there is not as much variety in Torghast for, like, kind of quote-unquote a roguelike mode compared to um, any real yeah. roguelike as in terms of in terms of sort of viable builds yeah also i found i found the um the chorus uh week to be kind of a letdown i mean maybe that's because i solo them and like I've... yeah that was a super fun week to do with people uh, I, can, <laughs> I, did, I, I did that with a couple of people and everybody rolling up into your like murder train was pretty sweet yeah no i yeah I, like it, it felt like a what a vehicle segment without enough power to like like vehicle segments are kind of fun because like you just kind of like you know roll face over whatever you're doing it's like you mm. know like a thirty second diversion from your normal thing, um, yeah. but uh, when I was trying to do it by myself, I was like this is bullshit. Like I got through one floor and I'm like I, I can't do I can't do this anymore. And I turned around next to it and re went back in and did touch of death. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Um, do you foresee yourself like like how upgraded are your legendaries right now? Uh, so my ring and my, my PVE stuff, my raid gear and my, and my world gear are at the second highest. Um, okay. Uh, so at some point I'll push that up, but, um, and then I, I, I have a, a PVP shoulder piece that I would theoretically use, but like, I don't care enough about PVP right now to actually do it. So I don't bother. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I feel that. I think that's actually pretty natural. It seems like a lot of people have followed. I've been doing Torghast every week, but, like, 
part of it is I want to be ready for a moment where other legendaries are good. And part of it is that, like, I'm getting a little... My my core build is a little stale. I actually, I swapped to a different talent in Mythic Plus that does about the same amount of overall damage, but it's different. It's a little spikier um, because I have access to Bladestorm rather than Ravager, and Bladestorm is, like, a really heavy AoE cooldown sort of thing. Um, and just doing that has sort of made me want to kind of, like do more Torghast to diversify my builds a little bit more compared to just, like, having this one legendary that I use, like, for all for all purposes. Um, like, I think... I don't think that the game is, like, perfectly balanced, but I think that it's functionally balanced, and I'm pretty sure I could take a different legendary into, like, raid and still be, like, doing well. Also, a bunch of legendaries are getting buffed on the PTR, which I'm happy about, you know? So there's probably going to be a new best-in-slot in, like, three weeks or something like that. Um, but I've mostly just been farming for that kind of, uh, that kind of, like, eventuality. Yeah, um, uh, so, so the thing is, is, that, like, the, the limiting factor for me is, like, just gold to buy the, the, like, the piece of leather robe. Oh, sure, yeah. Which is, which is, a, which is a tough part, but, you know, that's, Yeah, uh, yeah, The leather ones are brutal. Those, they are, they, they are so much money. Because they have the most kind of stringent, the, the cloth ones are cheap as fuck. Because I guess it's just everybody has cloth? I have no idea. They're just insanely cheap. Um, and I make a decent living on the blast blacksmithing one. It's not crazy, but you know, the, those leather legendaries, I am just like, boy, those things are expensive. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes, I guess. Um, so something I wanted to ask you about that's not related to wow is, uh, sure. did you want to give a eulogy for an uh, Anthem? Oh my God. Anthem. My, my lost love who I could go play right now, but I just don't want to. Yeah, Anthem is Anthem is dead, and I, I am le like legitimately sad about that because I really liked. I don't know what I would call that. I like the, the bones of that system. I put a ton of hours into Anthem when it was first out. I put like fifty, a hundred hours in, um, and I reached a, a reasonable end game. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll pick this up later when they add like more stuff. And then I never, and then I never did. And then they ever added uh, new stuff, so, you know, there's that. Did, see, that's the thing. Is I didn't even pay attention to it. Because one of the things about games like this is that I pretty quickly pick up the subreddit, right? But the Anthem subreddit was so toxic with, like, people who just fucking hate the game. And they're complaining about it constantly. That I pretty quickly unsubscribed. Which also drove me away from the primary source of news where I would be like learning about what is coming to anthem right. and then playing it you know what i mean yeah. um so in a certain sense like i i'm kind of the player that wanted to be activated for that game but they couldn't be activated uh because of just like how quickly it turned into sort of this like i don't know cesspool of no I, toxicity i i i felt very similarly like i was I was actually kind of excited for the game in, in theory, but I, I didn't connect with it like the way that you did. I kind of like the, the holes mm. felt there more for me. Um, um, and I was hopeful that Anthem Next would be good, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of faith that it was ever going to come through uh, just because, like, you know, it's, that seemed to be the way it was going. Um, yeah. yeah. I actually, I haven't played it yet, but the Outriders demo is out, and that doesn't have the flying stuff that Anthem does, but it's similar kind of like looter shooter stuff, so I might give that a... I'll look see um, at some point. Yeah, it's funny. I, I watched a YouTuber. Uh, do you, you know 
Bife. My name is Bife. Yeah, whatever, yeah, the Destiny, Destiny guy, YouTuber. yeah. Yeah, he talked, he talked about Anthem. straw or something like yeah. he. <laughs> he, he, he talked about Anthem because he he really liked the game and he wanted to like support the game on his YouTube channel, but his audience was like, no, don't. Yeah, we I'm. This game. He, he's so. he's also a big lore guy, right? And like, there's some mm-hmm. there's some there, but like if if you're not getting content updates, you're not definitely not getting lore updates, right? Like, and there I think I think we did some updates, but like. It was just kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean, I like, really like. I loved the lore in that game. I was really hooked. I think this this animated me quite a lot. Was just the story of it, with the because you spend the first half of the to spoil this for everybody. You spend like the first half of the campaign, like it's you and your buddy and you're hanging out and you're trying to get this super cool suit of armor. And I was like, all right, this is a little this is a little lame. But then the plot twist is you open up the suit of armor and your like best friend paralyzes you in your armor so that he can go take it. And he steals it from you. But he doesn't steal it to become, like, the bad guy or anything. Um, and I was, like, immediately, like, oh, that's all. That is so cool. That one moment, like, completely sold me on, like, this story and, and like, got me into, you know, into what was into what was going on. But, I don't know. I guess that's forever going to remain unresolved. Big rip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who, you know. It's uh, it, what was it? Someone someone said anthem sang its last note, right? Because it's it's a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there there the one silver lining that I do enjoy about this is that they announced that Dragon Age Four is going away from multiplayer. It initially had like a multiplayer thing, and I was just like, what the fuck? Because the Dragon Age Three multiplayer also sucked. And this comes from somebody I love the Mass Effect Three multiplayer mode, right? Like they had that horde shooter. I played so much of that. Um, and then they basically added that to Dragon Age, but it was just, I don't know, the, the mechanics of Dragon Age just are different well, from Mass Effect in a material way that kept me at bay. Gas, 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 right? Like, every, everybody wants to, like, make the next kind of, like, you know, money-churning pot. Everybody wants to make the next WoW, right? Like, yeah. Um, and WoW's not even, like, the you know, the worst of them, right? Like, because, like, you know... Well, well, I'm I, I will not say that I am I am completely satisfied with the way that WoW has handled its monetization, but it's pretty good all things considered, right? Like it's like mostly just your fifteen dollar subscription fee, uh, but like you know, like the endless microtransactions from everything fucking else is is just like nonsense. I mean, um, it's funny people really get on WoW's case for the microtransactions, and in a certain sense, I agree with them. Like, I, I think I, in principle, disagree with them, but in practice, I kind of agree with them, because I don't think that the microtransactions in WoW are all that harmful. I think they're pretty normal, right? It is only cosmetic stuff. It's very rare, you know. Um, if you already have a six-month sub, you like, when they add a mount to the store, they give it to you for free. That kind of stuff, that's nice. That is very generous i think in like the microtransaction world but i also don't want to like praise that in a way because it almost feels like being permissive towards it going down a yeah so path of grossness right yeah i I will i will agree like i think it is bad but it is less bad than almost everything else out there right like the big part of it i think i think the big part of it that makes it like much more forgivable is that you, there are lots of good options you can get in game by just playing it, right? Like, you know, yes, I won't mm-hmm. get like this Lunar New Year bull mount, right? But like, I have a frog mount that I got from the new expansion, right? Like the like, um, Black Desert was kind of notorious for this, 
which is like all the stuff you get in game looks fucking terrible and you just you if you want to look good if you want to have good mark you have to go like buy something uh, an outfit from the cash shop yeah or like the bog station on final fantasy 14 or whatever people complain about that all the time like the coolest mounts like the you know are mounts that you get out of the shop um and they and they just sell a lot of like a lot of small pieces in the shop that it's like I wish I could. Part of this also is that wow, you can get it with gold, technically speaking, right? Yeah. yeah. Like there was a while where I bought I bought all of the store mounts because I was just sitting on three million gold and I was like, what the fuck do I do with this, right? And that and you buy tokens and or you sell tokens, I guess, and um, and you call it a day, right? Um, I I like that. I think goes a long way towards making it more acceptable. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Final Fantasy fourteen. I will agree with you. It's worth, but it also wasn't terrible, terrible. Right? Like it still, it still had a lot of stuff available in game for you to get. But I, you know, I'll agree. Like you know, I think I think you see shades of this when people were mad that like you could only get that like explorer's backpack for a while. Um, notice, notice this expansion. Like every every faction has a backpack that you can get. Um, uh, you know, like yeah. I so Phantom of the chat says I wouldn't say they're the coolest mounts. One of the coolest mounts I own in FF14 was from a holiday event. I definitely do think that's true. I just mean like I part of this is that like I was tuned into these controversies in in a different sort of way. Um, <laughs> but like I remember that like the fucking fat chocobo or something came. Maybe, maybe the, that's not the right. The fat chocobo was like some, a pre-order bonus because I have I have that from like ordering pre-ordering an expansion. Yeah, it was just like it was like some mount got added to the store and people flipped out about it and i and at first i thought they flipped out about it in a negative way right which was like the you know i can't believe this is a fucking store map but they actually did it in the opposite way like i kind of can't wait to spend my money on this if that makes sense they didn't quite say it in those terms but like they were so excited for this mount and they wanted the, and they wanted like the mount super bad and i was like this is the reason that these microtransactions exist you know like they put a mount on the store that people really really wanted and i'm sure that they got you know a million a million bucks off of getting, you know, however much of their player base to pay twenty bucks for it, right? Yeah, no, and that's that's that's, that's part of the, the the thing for me, right? Like, it's like, you know, how much, you know, it's like, the the thing for me is is like, you know, like, if I see somebody with like a paid bound out in the world, it's like, well, you, you paid for that, right? You didn't you didn't go and earn that, right? So it's not like the badge of honor that it once was, but like, oh yeah, at this, like at the same time, how much is how much does that matter anymore, right? Like. Oh, I think that matters a lot. I mean, I part of this is that it is my current motivation, right? Keystone Master gives you a mount. And it is only a mount that you can get if you get Keystone Master in this season, right? And it's like, there's... I don't even know how to explain it. There's just something about that, right? Like, it is exclusive. It is for completing very high-level content, right? And it is time-locked. Right, so you can only get it for a certain amount of time. Like I do, I had this for 8.3, right? Like I went really hard in 8.3 to get Keystone Master, and I have that worm, and that is like a just big badge of honor compared to right. But it, you know, it's a badge of honor for you, and like you know, maybe other hardcore players will look at you and be like, "Ha, huh, that's very impressive, there, Baron. You are the only you you are the only person I know with the, the special worm mount, right?" But like you know. The, the, to the average player, do you think it matters as much? Because like I, I just I just think about like I remember back in 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 vanilla, right? Like you know um, when I was playing a priest, right? Like whenever people had like anathema benediction, right? Like that was kind of like you know like the the person who had put their time in, right, and gotten like that the very mm -hmm. cool staff. Um, and I just don't feel like there's a lot of that anymore, um, just because like 
nothing's that hard to get anymore in, ter- in like kind of the abstract sense and like all the older stuff you can kind of go back and get relatively easily if that makes sense oh, see i disagree okay. i would say that keystone master is that okay. like getting that mount having that death walker mount is the modern version of that okay. and i probably prefer it to a, an item because like it is cosmetic overall and i think i would rather have that kind of thing than have it be you know like a power thing i mean i do agree Fail in the chat says there's validity to it but you can also get carried into ksm that is technically true right like if i wanted to blow i actually probably could buy ksm carries right now with the amount of gold i have on my character or whatever um but like at the end of the day when i see somebody with with the keystone master mount i typically expect them to not have bought you know like to not have bought their way mm. into it by buying into you know like carry groups right like i don't look at that person and say this is a person who doesn't have it and doesn't deserve it this is a person who does just as like a as like a default you know at a glance kind of thing yeah yeah no and and uh fails pointing out that you used to be able to remember names weapons and armor and then he can't tell you the names of any of his gear right now i totally agree fail right like like i said benediction anathema was a weapon i never had and i remember that weapon i don't know the names of anything i have now right like yeah i really miss you know what i miss is uh, people know trinkets because everybody talks about trinkets right i, I could rattle off a couple of because right, they're unique like, oh yeah like they're 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 unique and they have really game altering effects but it's like a pair of fucking pants that gives me crit haste who cares you know, like, th- and that stuff is powerful, and I, I appreciate that it has, like, power, but, like, there's a reason that I can quote Getty Iku to you, and I know Phelan Chat knows what Getty Iku is. He's the one that told me what Getty Iku is, right? Because it's the sword with a special effect that only it has, right? Um, so I definitely do miss that. I definitely do miss that kind of thing about gear itself. Yeah, and part um, of the trinkets don't have any, um, don't have any, uh, model to them, right? So, like, you don't even get to, like, see yeah. them. Because um, like this is this is a thing that the 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 destiny people talk about, right? They want you to you know remember the time that you got the exotic, um, and I think they failed mm-hmm. largely at that because you know like the exotics are there's too like there's too few of them. They're too kind of like directly easy to get. Like it doesn't feel like moments where you get them, and the ones that random drop out of the raids are just kind of like. And then I ran it for the seventieth time and it finally fucking dropped. Thank God, right? Like you know so, um, well it's an interesting thing to, to kind of target, right? Like I. I think I think like games like Diablo and Path of Exile were better at it, but I think they're also like less concerned about being absolutely balanced, which I think lets gives them a little bit more freedom to like experiment. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Like the Mage Tower, for instance, people always talk about the Mage Tower, and I did the Mage Tower on like a bunch of alts or whatever. But like by the end of the game, the the Mage Tower had become doable in a way that was like kind of accessible to like casual players i don't think everybody could do the mage tower and i do think you had to like express a certain amount of skill to it right but if i were to tell somebody as like a mark of pride or honor that i did the mage tower on this character right and i have the mage tower appearance for that you know like for that artifact weapon i actually do think that people look at that with a little bit of side eye just because of the way that it progressed over the course of you know like over the course of the expansion like it was not really an expression of skill in the same way that other stuff yeah no would, i would be. i got i got the um the mage tower appearance for my rogue which i had not played a lot of like i really wanted the appearance but like it wasn't that hard mm-hmm. to, to like get myself to a point where i could do it um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, fail points out that Final Fantasy 14, almost everything has appearances. It's, I, I have heard, and you know, I don't, I don't play Final Fantasy 14, but I, I've heard through the grapevine that they actually are in the next expansion stripping out the one piece. I think it's belts that don't have a model. So like, you know, they just wow. won't exist anymore. 
Um, a Final Fantasy game belts don't have a model. Yeah, I I think <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, well, if you're gonna have three or four of them on your character, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, you can't bog it down. Yeah, it's it's, it's part of the uh, it's it's part of the uh, chest or whatever. Uh, uh, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I think of transmog in a different category. Um, I don't know. I, I you know, like I guess I would like to see. I, I, the one thing I am really disappointed with in Shadowlands when it comes to uh, like visuals is that uh, the dungeon gear looks really terrible, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna have to farm it for the whole fucking expansion. Like this, this has always bothered me. In raid, you get that cool Castle Nathria set, right? And then PvP uses recolors of that set, right? So if you're a high level PvP player, you can get like the mythic Nathria set, but like in the it's like the gladiator set. If you're a high level raider, you get that that set also. That's kind of like a mark of honor, right? But there isn't such a thing for PV or for uh, mythics in the same way. If I pull out a piece of 226 here from my vault, it has the same fucking appearance as a piece that comes out of a normal dungeon, which I just like, I hate that. I loathe that. Uh, so how would, how would you have it change you like recolors over, over a certain thing or like, you know, like, yeah, my thing, uh, I think the thing that I would do is, uh, if you're completing dungeons over a certain thing, maybe you get, uh, like I would do maybe two sets, right? If, if you get gear out of something from a 10 or higher, you get something that is like a recolor of the base castle Nathria appearance. And then if you pull something out of your vault, I think that that should have like a mythic appearance uh, from like 10 or higher or whatever. Right. Um, because I don't know, it just it feels fucking terrible to pull shit out of my vault that has the same appearance as like a normal, as like a normal dungeon. Part of it is really exacerbated because the dungeon sucks. The dungeon set sucks so bad, uh, in in Shadowlands. In in BFA, I actually liked those dungeon sets quite a lot. Um, because first of all, there were two of them. There was like the cool Tyrion dungeons and the Zandalar dungeons. So you could simultaneously get like cool Tyrion themed gear or Zandalari themed gear which seemed very appropriate um and the gear itself just was like cool and like looked good I guess I would say um in a way that you know uh felt more like a raid set than it does like a like a leveling set right um but the but the Shadowlands dungeon gear just I think aesthetically looks bad and it is completely shared all of the dungeons have the exact like if you get a pair of plate shoulders out of any of the dungeons they all have the exact same appearance right they might be they might be recolors of one another but like fundamentally they are that appearance and, the, and it's the appearance on like the whatever the watchers or whatever in um in Oribos, and i just think it looks awful and to have that be the look that i'm going to be getting out of dungeons for the rest of the game just like this is kind of suck. I wish they had gone, like, you know, giving, you know, like, it'd be cool to be able to get, like, things that you don't see other places in the expansion, right? Like a troll mm -hmm. team thing out of the other side or something. Um, like, you know, I... Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I also wish that uh, weapon appearances... I'm, I'm a little disappointed with the weapon appearances just because, like, it's specific to the Covenant or whatever. I mean, that's fine, and, and, and it's not, like, the worst thing in the world. Um, but, I don't know. I just... There's something about the idea of... Like, one of the changes they made in Battle for Azeroth was they got rid of class sets, right? And the the raid gear looked like it came out of, like, the raid that you did, right? So, like, if you do Uldir, the weapons come out of there are very, like, Titan-themed or whatever. Which I think is cool. It makes sense, right? Like, if I am doing this raid with my 
friends or whatever, and we're like downing these bosses, I want to be picking up the weapon of the boss and taking it with me, which is what they, which is effectively what they did, right? Um, and in Shadowlands, that is not the case. Like, I'm not going to get, you know, whatever, Lady Darkvane's dagger. I'm going to get that little token and bring mm. it back to my base and get the generic, like, Covenant dagger. I don't love that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so sure how much of, a, like, a fan I am of, like, locking everything to the Covenant. Like, I think it's, like, a cool idea to have, like, that be, like, part of your gear out. But, like, you know, having that be, like, your end-all be-all, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm a huge fan of. I think I think it won't matter in, in a bit. In 9.1, we're going to get a new raid, and that raid is going to have unique weapons. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is a very temporary problem, but... I think I, if you had asked me two months ago, I would have said that it's cool, but now I'm a little disappointed by it. Mm. Yeah. Plus, it's hard to get this, uh, the freaking ampules or whatever the fuck they're called. Like, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm still sitting on a 207 weapon. I, it's funny. My very first mythic chest, I got a 207 weapon, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, like, I'm level 187, and all of a sudden, my highest level piece of gear is my weapon. Thank God, and I'm still using that exact same weapon. No, I mean, <laughs> two months later. I, I I honestly think that this is like, I, I think it's a very minor problem, but like, you know, I like I I, I think ideally I I'm supposed to be using two one-handed weapons, but like I got one ampule like a month ago, and it's like I'm probably not going to get another one for a while, so I went for the the staff. Right, just so I can. I think that was correct. Yeah. yeah, just you know, and like if I get another, if I get another ampule, I'll get the one-handed weapon. But I'll, but you know, I'll wait around for for another one, maybe try and get another piece of thing to complement. But I think that I think that's like a weird kind of hole in like the the loot progression, right? That like, yeah, with like the ampules or whatever. Actually, I like that interaction in a normal sense, right? Like yeah. the interaction of I am a, like let's say I'm a caster, right? This actually just happened to me on Gondor. Um, I got a sword out of my vault from a weapon, right? And so it's like, oh, well, I was using a staff, but now I need to find it offhand to use with this sword right. because the sword is super high level. It's like 216 or whatever. And I like that as a gearing interaction, right? Of like, okay, let's go find a thing to complement this other sort of thing, right? Oh, I got a really good one-handed weapon out of my, you know, out of my vault or whatever. I now need to find its its complement. But with the, the beads... Because they can go for either one-handed or two-handed weapons, it just that doesn't feel yeah good to me yeah yeah, um, especially because like you're super limited in like you know what you can get from you know when you can get them right so yeah yeah, yeah. all right well we've talked about that for a while and we're over time <laughs> uh, all right uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before before I close this out nope. I, uh, I I have nothing else to talk about. All right. Well, if you'd like to tell us anything you thought about this episode about uh, Valheim, or if you'd like to like bitch at us about WoW, we could all like kvetch together. Uh, you can email us at some <laughs> simdursplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at simdursplaygames. You can watch us live at twitch.tv slash simdursplaygames. Um, you can uh, follow us on all the podcast places, rate and review us. Um, that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else you want to promote? I have nothing else I am looking to promote. Well, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs> <laughs>